Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. 228440. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. I just think this is as good a team as we're going to play, and and uh, I know A&M's good, I know Ole Miss good. I mean, hell, they're they're good. Alabama's good, but I think this is going to, I think this will define a little bit where we're at, how we how we how we go uh, Saturday night, and we just got to really prepare hard for it. We've got a good football team; they do too, but. Uh, if we get prepared, it'll be a hell of a game. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode because that's what's required. On 103.7 The Buzz. With my boobay tastes like Kool-Aid for the analyst. Girl, I can buy your Westie girl with my base stuff. I know that it's good. Would you sit it on my taste plus? I get way too busy once you let me do the extras. Pull up on your block and break it down. We playing Tetris. The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It is a wide-open Wednesday here on the show, folks. So anything in the sports world that you want to talk about, let's talk about it. You can call or text in 501-661-1037. Get after us in the Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. After me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And today, going to have Pat Bradley joining us. Thanks to Motorsports Authority. Always looking forward to catching up with old PB. Talking about everything happening in the sports world. We'll have a Razorback update also with Andrew Ellis, too. As uh, we're starting to figure out some things when it comes to Arkansas and the injury report. And uh, especially about Rocket Sanders and whether or not he's going to play this game against LSU. So we'll have some uh, thoughts on that, too. And, of course, all the stuff going on in the sports world with uh, what's trending in the world of sports. And uh, we'll have some fun, too, with a, uh, with a new contest that we're going to be doing here on 103.7 The Buzz. We'll get you some more details on that as well. But uh, it's a lot of fun, though. I mean, you're starting to feel the, the weather's getting a little bit cooler out there, especially when it comes to the, uh, the fall weather, a little overcast. And so you get closer to the month of October. It's not only uh, when the weather is also really in full swing of the fall, but also when football's in full swing. And even have uh, with this weekend, it's just, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. Arkansas LSU in September just doesn't feel right. Uh, I, I like the November. I like the coldness. It's, that's when I feel like it's always Arkansas LSU. And I don't know. September's still just a weird feeling for that. Got to get used to uh, what's going on with the SEC, especially next year's schedule when teams are added. They, there may be some more shakeups as far as how the schedule goes. Yeah, which, I mean, it's not like you can do anything about it or you know, complain about it. No one will listen if that's the case, but... Uh, yeah, I just like start thinking about like, man, LSU week in September, so early. It's it's a wild one, but still a uh, rivalry game, if you will. It's still the battle for is it battle for or battle of the Golden Boot? It's battle for the Golden. It has boot. to be for yeah. battle of the Golden Boot. No. Yeah, and sounds good. Yeah, battle for the Golden Boot is the is the way we'll we'll say it at least here on this show. But yeah, it's a it's a rivalry game, trophy game, and everything. And I actually start thinking about it, Joe, and some of the iconic moments and. Uh, things that have happened for Arkansas in this particular game in the series even since they joined the SEC. And I think in 96 is when it became like an official rivalry, or at least it was dubbed that. But I started thinking about like when you think of this game and you think of the battle for the Golden Boot, like is there like one thing that immediately pops up as far as a player or a coach or a game or a moment or just some sort of memory that – Arkansas LSU football, like, what's the first thing you'll always think of? Matt Jones, Miracle on Markham. Yeah, I think that's probably where most people will, will be thinking of it, will be that play. 
Um, and the thing about that game also is, uh, you know, Matt has been questioned about that game so many times over the years, and he said that was one of the worst games that he played from a passing standpoint. The weather was bad, couldn't complete a pass all day, and then it comes down to that final play where it looks like you have no shot and you complete the pass that needed to be completed. That's like my favorite thing ever in sports right there. It just sums it up. That I, I, How many people do you think you could just walk up to Razorback fans and say, hey, do you, what do you remember about that game? And they'll tell you the details back. Yeah, and what about Matt Jones? Like, oh, man, he was awesome in that. But they'll only remember the drive. They probably don't even know that he played poorly in, in the rest of the time. No, like, they, no, they, they don't, don't care. Yeah, and, and that's why he he did point it out that you know he he didn't feel good about his performance during that game, but at the end they got the win. Yeah, because that's all the, that's the only thing that anyone will ever care about, and it's just a perfect example of it. Because like imagine if Matt didn't have that drive at the end, and they didn't go down the field and win that game and go on to play in the SEC championship, then everybody would remember, man, yeah, Matt just he was terrible that game. He didn't play well. He was the reason we lost, and we you know we were right there. Could have been all of that. But instead, it's like the greatest because it only matters about if you win and people will not remember anything about the negatives or the bad. And that goes for not only games, but for seasons. So it's the same thing in that game. But I'm with you as far as that's the game I remember, but for a different reason because I actually wasn't watching it. And I was telling Acre about this uh, beforehand. I was So I was here in Little Rock uh, or in central Arkansas because it's always Thanksgiving, you know, like Thanksgiving weekend. Always had that Thanksgiving at Rabbit Ridge. And then Black Friday, you know, the f- people do the shopping and whatnot. Well, my dad and my brother-in-law got to go to the game. I didn't. Me you and my were brother. At Walmart. Didn't. Yeah, no, I was. I was. <laughs> oh yeah, we were at Walmart. We were at Dillard's. We were at the mall, driving around. Like, oh, it, it was just. Oh, it was so annoying because I knew, like, as a kid, like, you know, you know what's on the line. You know, it's like an SEC title, like an SEC, or at least a chance to win an SEC title is on the line. So I didn't get to go, and I. So we were all over the place driving around. I was trying to listen to it in the radio. My brother is like, he doesn't handle, um, like he's one of those people that if they start doing bad, he like turns it off. Like he's just so mad. He doesn't want to watch it anymore. So he was kept trying to, when Arkansas was playing so bad, he didn't, kept telling my mom to turn it off. And it was just one of those days when we were driving around. But anyways, I kept wanting to listen to it though. I thought your brother went to the game. No, no, brother-in-law. Sorry. Ah, I said brother. brother Brother-in-law went to the game. My brother was with me. Yeah. So, like, we were driving around, and we get to my aunt used to work. And this is going to age me, but it's like my aunt worked at uh, Mailboxes, et cetera, in Conway. And we had this, uh, like, they, they, they didn't have a TV in there or anything because it's 2002. You know, it wasn't a common thing. But I had to go and find a radio that she had in the building, go in the back and, like, plug it in and listen to it. And the time I was listening to it was the final, like, drive, like the final couple of plays. And then here's so the best part. Yeah. So all I think about, though, is I think of Paul Eels. Like, because that's what I heard, and that's what I remember hearing about. And of course, his great call on it too. It was just a, it was a really cool moment. And then I think my family was, it was in a shopping center, and they were like down across the way. So I ran down there, told them. But anyways, like it's amazing how you know you had to go and try to find ways to listen to the game or pay attention to the game. Where nowadays you just get on your phone. But still, that's like always what I'll remember is that game, that moment, where I was, how it all went down, because. Not only was it an iconic moment in this series, or I guess in this rivalry, but just in general, in Arkansas Razorback football was great. And then uh, some of the Petrino years and having success against LSU, some of those stand out with uh, the run by Darren McFadden. Oh, yeah. You know, there are certain moments in games. The Ryan Mallett complete pass to Kobe Hamilton. There, there are some moments that oh, yeah. the Razorbacks had for sure. Yeah, and it wasn't even always just uh, you know at home and, and or in War Memorial or in Fayetteville or whatever. It was. A lot of them were on the road. You know, the 07 game, number one team LSU. You go on the road and triple overtime with McFadden and Jones and Hillis and uh, beat them and at the time thought that you dashed their national championship hopes. But luckily, Missouri and West Virginia lost the next weekend, so they got to get in. First two-loss team ever to win the championship in the BCS era for LSU. There'll be more to come once they expand the playoff. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, But you you took care of business there. And then in uh, 2015, you know, that year, which I know – uh, it wasn't maybe as iconic as some of the other games, but you went on the road to Baton Rouge and cleared out Death Valley at night, like because you you were beating them by the thirty-one to fourteen, and it was a big deal. Or the crowd started leaving. I think LSU was like number eight in the country, something to that extent. So uh, there's been some really good moments. Not only even in, recently, yeah. Cam Little yeah. taking the game-winning field goal. Yeah, doing the gritty there on the uh, on the LSU logo, which 
uh, was pretty iconic. Because that game went to overtime, right? I think yes. it was, Yeah, it was an overtime game uh, when they kicked it. And or, or did it, because they won by a field goal. You know, you, you, they did because LSU got the ball first in overtime. They threw a pick in the end zone. And I believe it was Greg Brooks, which uh, we'll talk about him and some of the, the situation he's in, which is pretty sad. But I think Greg Brooks picked it off, and then they got the possession and ended up kicking a field goal right down the pipes for Cam Little. But, uh, yeah, so that was the last time that you, you beat LSU. And uh, three straight games against these two teams, which have ended in a three-point game one way or the other. So it, it just it, we expected to be that close this time around. How's everybody feeling? Yeah, they expecting the three point game. Yeah, well, I guess. Uh, yeah, let us know if you're feeling that three point game because I think Bet Saracen had it open up at eighteen and a half was uh, the uh, the line, and I think it's moved pretty significantly. Uh, where now I think it's at seventeen. I have to double check that, but people at least feeling that it might be a closer game than eighteen points. But as weird as it is to say, I'm not going to pick Arkansas to win, but if they only lost by three points. Not, I don't like moral victories, but it's like that'll, that'll, that'll be better than what I'm expecting. Like I, I expect this game to be pretty well done by LSU and will win the game. Give them but, a pick away already, huh? Yeah, well, you know, just a little tease. <laughs> just a little tease, a little taster to it. Yeah, but well, By the time Friday comes, it's going to be Arkansas is going to rally together. They're going to pull yep, it off. They're, they're going to win this game. They're going to get the troops together. They're going to go down there, and they're going to knock them off. Yeah, I've you know, give it time. It may happen, but... Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be closer than, than 18 points. I'm hoping so, because if it's a blowout city, if it's a dominating performance by LSU, uh, again, losses are losses no matter what, but that's going to be a pretty uh, devastating thing to come off of that you know heartbreaking loss to BYU and follow it up with just getting your taints handed to you by LSU down in Death Valley, which it is possible, because LSU is a really, really good team. Got a lot of really good players, a lot of highly talented players, And honestly, one of the strengths that LSU has is that defensive line, which is really good. And we know that Arkansas's offensive line has struggled. So that could be right there. The difference in this game is just if LSU's having their way with Arkansas's offensive line, it ain't going to be good for them at all. Yeah, matchup of the trenches, that's always vital in in a lot of games. And, uh, yeah, with, with this one specifically, then Arkansas needs to be able to figure out a way with skill position players on the outside and maybe get those running backs involved in not only the running game but some passing yeah just try to be creative with it if you're having problems with the offensive line and then them getting to kj then have some quick passes do some more rpo try to figure out some way somehow to keep it honest with uh, that lsu defensive front because it doesn't matter how good your defense plays or uh, how much they keep them in check. Can't win, can't score. And LSU's got a defense that's going to do whatever they can to keep Arkansas from scoring. But uh, It's going to be an electric night there in Death Valley, uh, 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, and it's going to be on ESPN, which is crazy. It's got you know Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit, the A-team, going to be calling the game. How about Kirk going from uh, – because where's the game, the NFL game tomorrow again on MC? It is in San Fran. It's San- the Giants and that's Niners. Right. So you're not going from San Francisco, final Friday, then he goes to, uh, I guess, College Game Day, which is at Notre Dame, Ohio State, and then he goes down to Baton Rouge. And he's also, on that Friday, going to his son's football game. So that guy's everywhere, man. He's flying all over the place. But that's why they pay him the big bucks. Great benefits there. Mm-hmm. That's why they pay him the money, that's for sure. But, yeah, we got a lot to talk about here on a Wide Open Wednesday. Brent, Brian, we'll get to you guys. I know you're on the phone lines. We'll uh, handle those phone calls. we got some people who are texting in, as well as on Southern Structural Solutions text line. And we'll keep it moving here on a wide open Wednesday. What do you make of this matchup? And also, when you think of the miracle, or not miracle on Margaret, that's what I think of, but when you think of the gold, battle for the golden boot, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Let us know. 501 661 More Out of Bounds coming up next. Listen for Birthday Trivia in the Zone, brought to you by Elia's Mexican Grill. Headed to the hill, take exit 108 from either direction for award-winning Mexican food made fresh every day. Elia's in Moralton. This is SportsCenter. Major League Baseball playoffs start in less than two weeks. So far, four teams have punched their tickets. In the AL East, both the Orioles and Rays are in. 
Then the NL East winning Braves and winners of the NL West, the Dodgers are also in, so eight spots remain open. In both the NL and the AL, it's going to come down to the wire. In the National League, the Phillies, Diamondbacks, and Cubs will be your wild card if the postseason started today. But the Marlins and the Reds are within a game of the Cubs for the final wild card spot. In the American League, the Blue Jays, Rangers, Mariners, and Astros are all within a game of each other. Only two wild card spots remain in the AL as either the Rays or the Orioles will get the first wild card, depending on who finishes second place in the AL East. And the Arkansas Travelers open postseason play with the win last night, beating the Springfield Cardinals 3-1. They can clinch the best of three series tomorrow. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. I know the last three years, people have got accustomed to paying sticker price for a brand new vehicle. Well, it's not that way anymore at Red River Ram. If you're looking for a new Ram truck, we've got heavy-duty four-wheel drive trucks starting at $49.5 or up to $12,000 off sticker price for a Cummins diesel. And we've got $11,000 off Ram 1500 Bighorn four-wheel drive trucks. If you want the best selection and the best buying experience, make that beautiful drive right here to Heber Springs. Now during Ram Power Days. Pat Bradley for Brewskies, the best place to catch all NFL action in the number one sports bar four years in a row. We got plenty of TVs in the legendary Brewski-tron. There isn't a bad seat in the house. Monday night football doubleheader. Saints vs. Panthers, Browns vs. Steelers. And Thursday night football, Giants take on the 49ers. NFL Sunday kicks off at noon with gridiron brunch and Sunday Funday drink specials starting at 11 a.m. Next Monday's doubleheader Monday night football, Philly, Tampa, L.A. and Cincy. Check us out online, brewskiespubandgrub.com. Brewskies. You're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. Hi, I'm Trey Reed from the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, inviting you to join me every Wednesday morning for the latest news from the great outdoors. It's brought to you by Arts Marine in North Little Rock, now under new ownership, but with the same familiar faces and incredible service you've known for years, plus the area's best selection of boating parts and supplies. At Southern Floor Coating, coatings are all they do, and they won't be beat on price factory-trained installers using the purest form of polyurea with UV stability for all your outside projects. When you call, you'll talk with a professional interested in your project, not a voicemail. Don't trust a fly-by-night company that may not be in business next year. Transform your patio, porch, or pool deck and call the real pros at Southern Floor Coating. 501-402-4912 or take a look at southernfloorcoating.com. Stacked commercial truck and trailer has five service trucks available providing you on-site service to get you back on the road. If that doesn't do it, Stacked has a new state-of-the-art 13-bay shop for service and repair on all Class A trucks, trailers, RVs, light and medium-duty commercial vehicles, tires, brakes, AC, engine repair, transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. Stacked commercial truck and trailer repair. Get stacked two miles off 530 exit 34 in Whitehall. This year, we considered hiring an ad agency to help with our marketing. They pitched impressive visuals and a script that was inspiring. And exotic animal mascots to help grab your attention. In the end, we just decided to tell it to you straight. Shelter Insurance has award-winning customer service at affordable rates. Plus, our local agents are there to help you understand what coverage you need. See shelter agent Paul Griffin in Monticello, Sam Eklund in Star City, or Kyle Stone in Pine Bluff. Where can you find 16 cold beers on tap, the largest Irish whiskey selection in town, weekday happy hour, as well as college, pro, and even World Cup football games all on big screen TVs? Oh, and let's not forget the great food, great drinks, daily lunch specials, music on the weekends, and a private party room available with reservation. Well, of course it's Dugan's Pub, your favorite Irish pub in Little Rock since 2010. Dugan's Pub, downtown 3rd and Rock Street. Dugan's Pub, L. Make your tailgate the party of the parking lot by getting the best meats in all of Arkansas at Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. On 103.7 The Buzz.
had a bounce here on a wide open Wednesday. Got too uh, busy singing the song along and doing that. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a great one so far, folks. Appreciate everybody listening in and we're getting ready for the uh, football weekend. And looking forward to having Pat Bradley here on with us in about half an hour. So should be uh, good to catch up with him. So uh, let's work through some of these uh, phone calls that we have going on here on a wide open Wednesday. We'll have Brett or Brent, excuse me, and Stuttgart leading us off. What's up, Brent? What's up, John and Joe? What's up, man? Hey, Brent. Uh, I just thought of something just today. My mind, you know, it's, it's scary how it works. And I want to uh, get your get your guys' opinion on it, okay? Uh, what I thought of was uh, since uh, Darren McFadden uh, put his uh, three great years together, for for the Razorbacks, can you name one player that that has been able to put two back to back? Really, oh, I guess Nile Davis would would have been one, but uh, that that has been able to put two back to back really good years together without uh, that their seasons weren't interrupted by injury. Alex no. Collins. Yeah, I was going to ask if you meant running backs in general or anybody. You mean running backs? Uh, in general, wide oh. receivers. Uh, you know, we got um, counting uh, the Greg Charles guy hurt. That he never was the same after that game with Vanderbilt. He would have probably been the greatest wide receiver ever to play here. But I was thinking like uh, Dominique Dominique Green. He had one year, one year, and then he got hurt at the. Uh, uh, Kansas State game at the Liberty Bowl, and he never was the same. Got uh, you know a serious injury, and then I'm looking at uh, Rocket Sanders. He had one great year, and the way it's looking now, he won't be near the near the same player that he was. I'm looking at Dominique Johnson. He had a great he had a great year then gets hurt in the bowl game and it just seems to be the curse of the the curse of the Razorback. Well Brent, what about uh Traylon Burks? I mean he had two really good back to back seasons. He had, two, he had he had two he had two yeah, he had two out he had two outstanding years and he had one year where he just put the team on his back. Yeah. It just carried us to to nine wins. You could make a case for him that year that he was the he was the best player in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he would be probably the one that I, I'd, I'd go to. And like Ryan Mallett had two really good back-to-back years. And you're, you're uh, right. You're right. So there's I a would, few of them. There's a few of them. But I just want us to be able to put it some more back-to-back years because that just kills us when. I don't know how Rocket. I don't know what he did at the Western Carolina game that got him hurt, but that 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 just puts a damper on our. That just puts the damper on our season a little bit. But but there's one happy thing I told you yesterday. Uh, I can't wait till next uh, Tuesday when jo- when Josh Braun comes back on. That'll that'll if that doesn't brighten up anybody's day and uh, prayers. For Greg Brooks and his yeah. and his family, my gosh, that that's just a terrible thing that that he's having to go through right now. And I pray for him. And I believe it was Monterey Brown, John, that intercepted the mm-hmm. ball. Yeah, yep, you're right. I looked it up during the break, and you're right. Yeah, it was uh, Buster Brown. I could not think of his last name, uh, his nickname yesterday, last night, but it was Buster. Yep, Buster okay. Brown. All right. Y'all have a great day. All right. Appreciate it, Brent. Brent. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, for those of you who may just be tuning in and wondering about uh, what he was meeting with Greg Brooks, uh, you know, yesterday, you know, my day is mixed up. No, Monday, uh, Sam Pittman started the press conference that he does on noon. At noon, talking about his thoughts and prayers are with Greg Brooks and his family uh, due to a medical emergency. And everyone's like, man, I, you know, I you know, didn't really hear much about it. Didn't, that was the first time I heard it. Well, now we have a little bit more uh, detail on what was going on. And he has been diagnosed, he was diagnosed last week with a large brain tumor and had to have emergency surgery on Friday to remove the mass. 
and his family uh, had released a statement uh, kind of going through uh, some of the things that they were wanting to get out there in the message. But they said, quote, we are grateful for the work and the care of the medical staff helping Greg through these challenges and for the concern and love poured out by so many in the Louisiana, Arkansas, and national sports communities. This means the world to us at this difficult time. Greg continues to fight. We await further clarity on the extent of his battle. Uh, they said that the surgery did go successful and that they're just waiting on the biopsy. But just a, you know, a guy that obviously played at Arkansas, transferred to LSU, you know, people felt a certain type of way and may have rightfully so. But, man, that's just something that you, you never want to see anybody. And it's such a scary moment. A large brain tumor at the age of, what, 22, 23? Just a, a terrible, terrible thing. But glad the surgery was successful. And hopefully uh, Greg Brooks is on the road to recovery and will be able to make a full recovery because I can't imagine having to deal with that type of deal in the middle of a football season or just in life in general, especially that young. Well, good that they were able to find it because he's a guy that was still actively playing football this season. And so... This is something that uh, happened during the time of, of playing football, and that's why his family is really grateful to the medical staff because maybe don't know if he was experiencing some things as far as headaches or whatever, but they were able to, to figure out what was going on with him and, and try to get it taken care of. Yeah, because you know, we talk about injuries that happen in football all the time and you know, stuff that just really sucks. You know, guys got you know, blown out their knees and are you know, dealing with, with ongoing stuff, concussions stuff that keeps people from playing or being able to see the field, and it's awful. But this is something where it's like, hey, you don't sign up. You know, in football, there's sometimes you sign up for there's the possibility of be, there being injuries. Like, it's just it's a gladiator sport. That's what it is. But this is the type of thing that nobody signs up for. Like, this is not just, oh, well, you know, part of football, part of it. That's nothing that anybody should ever have in being a part of their life. So, a lar- I mean, it's on the brain, and in fact, it was a large mass. It's just, yeah, glad they caught it. Glad that uh, it all worked out, and hopefully... It'll be uh, continue on to the road to recovery. But seriously, thoughts and prayers to Greg Brooks and his family because that is a scary, scary deal for anybody. Uh, let's go to uh, Brian, who's in Redfield. What's up, Brian? What's up, guys? I got uh, three little small topics that I'd like to just hit on real quick. And the first one is uh, uh, when your offensive line is having trouble blocking people, there are three things as an offensive coordinator you can do to slow the defensive line down. And our coaching staff has used one of them, and I say they almost used one of them, but do do y'all care to uh, guess what those three things are or do you want me to move on? Yeah, go ahead. So you can change the snap count, which our offensive staff got to be scared to do because of all the false starts. You can move... KJ out of the pocket and roll him out, which they don't do. Or (laughs) (laughs) you can throw screen. And we threw like one, maybe two in the last game. One of them was bobbled and dropped, but they're, they're not utilizing everything at their disposal as a coaching staff to Slow the defensive pressure down on KJ. And second thing is I'd like to hit on is, did you guys notice in the Colorado-Colorado State game in the overtimes that Colorado got the ball first in the overtime? Yeah, yeah. First took in both, both overtimes. Yeah, yeah, that was out of the ordinary, uh, first of all, because you usually see the defense go on the field first whenever – team wins the coin toss but coach prime said he wanted the offense to put pressure on colorado state's defense but then it does usually flip where you know the last team that was on offense they go back on offense for the next overtime but it didn't happen like that so it may have been one of those deals with at the coin flip you make the call and then you can stick with that call i didn't understand it i i'm glad you said that i I didn't hear what you just said, but as an explanation, but that was surprising to me. But uh, hey, also time, Brian, they went for two in the second overtime, which they didn't have to. Okay, and the announcers didn't catch up on that either, and I was like, uh, I I knew they changed the rules, but I was like, second, oh, I didn't think it had to be. But that's right, you're right about that too. So, uh, uh one more thing. You know, we had 14 penalties, and I think the most important penalty, and, and but 
let me just say this. We had 14 accepted penalties. What I'm, I think there was two, maybe three, that were declined. So the, I, mm-hmm. I think we actually ended up penalties called on us. It was like in the 16 or 17, but we're only counting 14. But I think there was like 16 or 17. But uh, the most important one that nobody's talking about is the one on the third when BYU had the third and five late in the game. And Landon, I think it was Landon Jackson, mm-hmm. had offsides and gave them the first down that ate up an extra two minutes of clock that we could have had that uh, would have been very beneficial at the end of the game. But uh, uh, anyway, those are three things I'd like to hit on, and uh, I appreciate it. I, I think I think everybody's overreacting. I think going into the uh, Saturday's game, I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive than most people think. I think Arkansas makes it a good, good game, close until the very end. I think it's a it's a one score game. Right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it, Brian. Thanks for calling. Okay, in. so correction on that: as part of the modified overtime rules, yeah. they do have to go for two in the second overtime, and after that is when they start alternating two-point conversions. Right, yeah, because yeah, that's what I was looking I thought that that was the case in the second overtime, and uh, I guess with the deal with the start of the regulation, referee causes a toy to uh, determine who has the right to possess the ball first, and then the visiting captain has the right to call the toss. The winner toss chooses either play offense or defense, or which side of the field to play on. Team that loses the coin toss would take them the remaining option with a chance to choose of the first four categories. and uh, With the chance to choose from the fir- first from the four categories in the second overtime, in any future even numbered of overtime. So I guess, uh, you know, once you lose the coin toss in that first part, you get to choose in the second whether you want to go offense or defense, I guess is according to those rules. So it doesn't just alternate. It's whatever the team wants to do, which in most cases, I guess, is, makes sense of how they want to plan it. But, yeah. Well, that's surprising that change. State would have put Colorado's offense back on the field for that second overtime. Yeah, maybe they felt uh, they had something there. But it obviously didn't work out as they ended up losing. But... Uh, yeah, that that was the, the the thing there. But here's the deal. Going back to Brian's points about uh, you know the offense and moving the ball or whatever when you have an offensive line throw. I think you mentioned snap snap count, moving KJ out of the pockets and and running some screens. I'm sure that that's stuff that you'll probably see more so up against LSU. Uh, I would bet a lot of money on that. Maybe even more RPO too. Uh, th- not just because oh well the BYU game happened, it didn't work, so we got to change it. I think it's also just because of LSU's defensive line is really good, and even as good as Arkansas's off, even Arkansas's offensive line at their best, if everybody's healthy at their best, still going to struggle with that defensive line. So I'm sure the game plan this week is going to be, let's try to get the ball out faster out of KJ's hands. Let's try to run some screens. Let's try to get him moving and mobile. Try to find any sort of way to get him in a position to where he doesn't have Perkins on his backside each and every play. Well, that's going to be part of the game plan. Know where Perkins is at all times. And LSU has been playing him in a versatile role and lining him up in different places a lot more than where he was lined up at the line of scrimmage last year. But on the other side, LSU may use Perkins to, sky on, to spy on KJ because he did it last year. Um, he, he That's what he was doing as far as... He was getting after the quarterback at the line of scrimmage, but he was also there as a spy. Yeah, and he was doing it against Malik Hornsby, which uh, Malik was uh, maybe didn't have the, the skill set of what KJ has, but he, I think everybody understood he was a faster player than what KJ was because Malik was very fast. And, and Perkins was able to run him down yeah. as fast as he is. So they're going to definitely learn from their experience last year and try to try to make it work and go in with a game plan. Um, but you know, as far as the health deals go on with uh, Rocket Sanders, I know we'll talk more about this with Andrew Ellis later in the show. But on the SEC teleconference, uh, we did hear from Sam Pittman a little bit on the status of Rocket, and this is all he had to say, quote, I don't have an update on his status, but I can tell you that he ran well yesterday and is progressing faster than what I thought he might, but I don't know whether or not he'll be able to play. So uh, it's pretty much no update. <laughs> like, they said that he's running well, and he looks good, and he's progressing faster, but still don't know for sure whether or not he's going to be uh, going out there and playing. So... Uh, but you know, that that's going to be a key thing in this game of whether or not uh, Arkansas is going to be because they need all the help that they can get. Like I'm not trying to make it be a bigger deal, but if you have a healthy rocket, you got to play rocket. <laughs> well, that's one of those cases. Also, if you do abs- 
you know, actually know what's going on there and you're trying to work him back in slowly. You're not trying to give it away to say he's not going to play mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, it could be some gamesmanship going on. You know, Sam Pittman talked about KJ being hurt. I'm not saying KJ wasn't hurt or at least wasn't banged up going into this game against BYU. But part of me was like, you know what, maybe the coaches do that a little bit. Maybe they were saying, oh, you know, well, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been hurt a little bit. I don't know. I really don't know. It's hard to know what exactly is the truth or not. But uh, I think that Sam Pittman's been around long enough and going to the school of Kirby Smart, who came from the school of Nick Saban, they're going to be pretty vague when it comes to injuries on whether or not guys are going to be able to go or not. Yeah, when when you give some insight, though, into an injury, it's not like you're going to say that there's something going on when there's not anything going on. But when there is something going on as far as an injury, you're not going to disclose everything that's there. Also from the uh, Southern Structural Solution text line, uh, this comes from the 501, says, why don't we have our guards pull on run plays to help set the edge? The tackles can't run block at all. When I use a guard or even a fullback like Dominic Johnson to help out. There's an idea. There are a lot of ideas mm-hmm. out there, and the coaching staff, they should be exploring some of these ideas, and they probably are, but people are you know, pointed out because they're not seeing it. That doesn't mean that the coaching staff isn't seeing it and that they're not discussing it also, but it, it's not happening the way that people want it to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you start not having success. You start people saying, oh, well, you got to do this or do this. Well, that's what this week is for. That's what game preparation's for. This week of practice, trying to figure it out. And I guarantee you that they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that their offense is successful or as successful as possible against LSU. And it could see some of the more things that you guys are suggesting. Maybe those are the things that end up happening. Uh, also from the Saline County Mail Slinger, I haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, he says, uh, when the Arkansas LSU game, I always think of that 07 game when I think of the Battle of the Golden Boot. I remember D-Max saying the post game, we got that wood till the day I die. That's a great one, too. Uh, that was more, like, the game was great, but the post game, I won a press conference. I guess it was like an interview or whatever on the field. Yeah, with Houston Nutt. Yeah. Saying that he need, they need to look at him for the Heisman. Yeah, Lou Holtz, Mark May, number five. Yeah, now, every time I hear that clip, too, it almost makes me, not sad, but like, Nostalgic. I was like, man, I, that was like you think about that, that was like the biggest deal is like the call out Lou Holtz and Mark May because they were the ones on, I guess it was like college football final or whatever the show was called. Like they were the two dudes that's like, hey, y'all better start talking about them. That's how like the, in, the influence of people thought, thought that the Heisman had and everything. It's like, hey, Lou Holtz and Mark May, those two guys, you better start talking about them. Good times. I know Mark May still goes on the morning show, right? Yes. Or, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always liked Mark May and uh, uh, the job that he did and. Because was it Reese Davis also on with there with him? Yeah, Reese was on there with him because he would do the the he would be the judge. That's right. Yeah, the judge. Yeah, well, I forgot what that uh, segment was called, but yeah, some some sort of court was in session and whatever. Lou Holtz got mad one time, started going off about something, and then they also had a uh, Doctor Lou. I think it was with Lou Holtz. Man, I miss those days with ESPN college football and that. But yeah, that's a great great comment though and a great moment at any time saying they got that wood every time you hear that you know who you're talking about you know the game that's happening that's too. funny too to say that Lou Holtz got mad one time that's like everyday TV now <laughs> yeah I'd say if you're not getting mad it gets boring people don't know what's going on maybe something wrong with you but uh, we got another commercial break coming up but when we come back we'll have what's trending in the world of sports presented by West Rock Coffee you won't miss that because a lot of things happening in the world of sports and we'll keep it moving here on a wide open Wednesday on Out of Bounds so stay with us Jacksonville is going beyond the competition to change your current vehicle situation with Watney's exclusive loan and lease termination program. I need your current payment, your keys, and your signature. Call 501-982-2102 and say hasta la vista to your current ride and payment with the help of Watney's loan and lease termination program. Regardless of your current financial situation, I swear I will approve everyone. Rates as low as 0% on new Chevrolets. Trade now and terminate your payments until 2024. Get to Guatney now. The loan and lease termination program is this month only at Guatney Chevrolet. 1301 TPY Drive in Jacksonville. Call 501-982-2102. GuatneyChevrolet.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. All offers with approved credit. All voices are impersonators, but Guatney's the real thing. Shop Guatney Chevrolet once and you'll be back. 
RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, I know interest rates are high right now. That's what everybody's talking about. But if you're thinking about a project, whether it be a commercial project or you want to build a house, now's the time to come talk to you about what those future plans may look like. You know, RJ, no matter what the business environment may be, we're always there to sit down with our customers and talk about their future plans and what's going on with their businesses. And that's one thing about Southern Bank is they're a community bank. They want to be your partner. Partnering with our customers is a key to how we do business. And Chris, you know, we talk about those interest rates being high, but the one good news out of that is deposit rates. We have some great CD and checking account rates. Just give us a call and see what one of our personal bankers can do for you. If you want more information about interest rates or those deposit rates that we just talked about, call Chris and his team today at 501-424-0900 or go online at bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is David Dunn with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Do you own or operate Max, Volvos, Freightliners, Kenworths, Peterbilts, or international trucks? We can offer you the same dealership-level computer diagnostics with highly trained and professional mechanics without dealership wait times and cost. Whether you're a municipality, fleet, or small business with one truck, come see why our customers have made us the highest-rated independent repair shop in Arkansas. Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Take exit 7 on I-440 or call 568-2185. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, your favorite drafts are poured at a frosty 29 degrees, and rare barrel-aged whiskeys are served just the way you want them. It's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Stick around after the sun sets. Twin Peaks is open really late. Wind down with bourbon and late night bites. That's Mike saying good morning. It's the best he can do right now. Yeah, not a cloud in the sky. What Mike could use is a fresh start. And Irish Spring Body Wash. The fresh scent of Irish Spring and those sensational Irish Spring suds are just the reset Mike needs. Now he's ready to go to work. It's Sunday. Irish Spring. When the spring hits you, you're ready. Pick up Irish Spring today. O'Reilly Auto Parts' new Brake Mess Select Pro brand raises the bar for the best aftermarket domestic brake pads and rotors available. For vehicle-specific friction formulations, quiet tech noise-canceling shims, and stainless steel hardware, choose Brake Mess Select Pro. Professional-grade brakes from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Have a watch party that everyone wants to attend at your house with the best of meats in the business. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders, who said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. On 1037 The Buzz. If you're shopping for a vehicle, you want to get to Guadney Chevrolet. Guadney has best deals in the market. Been doing it 60-plus years. Give them a call, 501-982-2102. Take advantage of Guadney's exclusive loan and lease termination program. Let Guadney help you get out of the vehicle that you don't want. And take advantage of no payments for the rest of the year when you get a vehicle at Guadney Chevrolet. Silverados are at 0% with approved credit. And Equinox, 2.1% is available on 2023 Equinox. Make the trip to the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. Shop them online, GuadneyChevrolet.com. You can see all the deals, the cash allowances, the rebates, even appraise a vehicle. See just how much it's worth. They're giving thousands over book value, whether you trade that vehicle in or you sell it to Guadney Chevrolet. Guadney is always actively buying vehicles, so you get a great deal on a vehicle that you trade in or sell. See the entire inventory of new and pre-owned vehicles on GuadneyChevrolet.com. It's Guadney Chevrolet, Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer, Guadney Chevrolet, GuadneyChevrolet.com. It's Wide Open Wednesday here on Out of Bounds. Appreciate everybody listening in. By the way, last night uh, I got to go over to uh, Boutros for Trivia Night with Roger Scott hosting the, hosting the deal. It was a pretty fun time. And uh, our team, I think we finished third. Finished third. And, uh, and we'll take that all day long. But There are some people that... Uh, Faithfully, they're there and uh, and they win some great prizes every week. Yep, yep. Saw uh, saw Chad, saw Chad over there too, and Kevin, and 
uh, Shannon. So quite a quite a group there that was uh, having some fun, and uh, you know Roger does a great job with it too. But I got two questions right, so I'm like that's that, I feel like that's a good contribution to the team. I got two. Um, you remember what they were? Yes. Uh, one of them was I'm trying to remember how it was phrased, but it was like basically name the he, he gave uh, Roger gave a name of these Disney movies. And then a name, like animated movies, and the names of the characters, and you had to, like, match them like, oh, yeah. to, to where they were. So, like, I got that one. Uh, but it was that, and then it was also, uh, again, I don't know how the question was asked, but it was about the, uh, the Lindenbergs, like the, the baby or whatever that was kidnapped from, like, 30s or whatever. That's the only thing I knew about. I couldn't remember the first <laughs> name. I was like, Lindenberg. I just know it was that. So it was like, I, I mean, maybe, you know, a little contribution there, too. But, yeah, I was able to... To get to that point. Oh, and also the video. The, he's talking about the arcade video game where you use a bicycle pump to you hunt monsters. Oh, yeah. 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 It was Dig Dug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, not many people got that one. And I don't, like, I was like, man, I remember that one. I was like my dad's favorite video game on Atari, but still. So what was the prize for third place? Uh, I got gift certificates to uh, to Boudreaux's. So nice. It was, it was really awesome. But yeah, great turnout and a lot of fun. And got uh, Baz was there, of course, on his laptop working. So... Uh, he's, Always. He's sitting at our table. We got to, to work through it, too, and, and have some fun. But it was a good time. It was a good time. So anybody who loves trivia, definitely encourage you to go out there because it's always fun every Tuesday night there at uh, Boudreaux's. And I guess tonight is the, uh, I don't want to call it the, the it's not the cease and desist, but it's karaoke night, right, At uh, I believe. On tonight, what I was told last night by Roger and the group, and uh, over there at uh, uh, Buskers, the new place off South on Main. If I'm wrong about that, I'm trust me, I'm going to hear about it. <laughs> formerly South on Main. Formerly South on Main. And it, it's on Main Street, right. which it is South Main, but yeah. Yeah. Because it, they call it Soma, that area, right? So yes. They go for the little, yep. Okay, that's what he says. Like, Buskers and Soma in the south part of Main Street. So, yeah, that'll be uh, tonight to uh, start with karaoke. But either way, it's a really good time. Encourage everyone to go. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into what's trending in the world of sports. What's Trending in the World of Sports is sponsored by Arkansas-based West Rock Coffee. Join West Rock Coffee and their 1.5 million coffee farmers around the globe as they fuel Arkansas with great-tasting coffee, tea, and water delivered directly to your business. Contact them at westrockcoffee.com or 833-886-JAVA today. All right, what's trending in the world of sports? A few things happening where yesterday... We were discussing, of course, the terrible injury that happened to Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns that Kareem Hunt was visiting with the Browns. Well, it's no longer a visit because now they are deciding to work out a deal where Kareem Hunt will be rejoining the Cleveland Browns at the running back position, according to ESPN.com. Terms were not disclosed, but Adam Schefter does say that he has signed a one-year deal up to $4 million for the Browns this season. So worked out for him, and again, makes sense for a guy that's been there at the team before. Just tried to insert him in and see if he can make up for a lot of the loss that uh, Nick Chubb is going to have. And as Coach Kevin Stefanski said, you don't replace Nick Chubb, but you do what you can to try to replace some production at that position. But also, you need to step up at other positions around uh, on the on the team as far as being a leader on the on the team altogether. But on that offense. They need something more from not only running backs, but receivers. Quarterback needs to do a little bit more. It, it's a total team effort here. Yeah, yeah. well, adding Kareem Hunt, uh, we'll see if that ends up uh, helping out or alleviating some of that loss. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see him back in there. Also, with uh, speaking of offenses in the NFL, but Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields characterized his play in the loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as robotic and didn't said he did not feel like he was playing like himself. And he says that a reason for what Fields believes is causing him to overthink in games. Since he's only 24, he says, you know, could be coaching, I think. At the end of the day, they're doing their job. They're giving me what to look at. But at the end of the day, I can't be thinking about that when all the game comes around. I prepare myself throughout the week. And when the game comes, it's time to play free at that point, thinking less and playing a lot more. So He openly said what a lot of other people have been saying. You don't necessarily hear that. Sometimes you do from... Players calling out coaches, coaches calling out players. But um, it, it's interesting to hear it coming straight from Justin Fields. But that's the thought of a lot of people that the coaching staff is is holding them back. Yeah, well, he's a great player. Or I shouldn't say great player because we've seen a lot of the potential that he could be a great player. And he's got a lot of uh, reasons to be excited about being 24 years old, athletic, 
and can do a lot of different things with his abilities. So Bears should uh, definitely be doing a lot more with him and be a lot better with him at the quarterback position. Now, this was a story that has been kind of, I've been following a little bit, but it was a crazy deal where a New England Patriots fan got involved in a fight over the weekend, which we talk about fan, fan fights happen, first off, way too often because fan fights should never happen, but it happens all the time. Baseball, basketball, football, every every time. But the crazy story with this one is that the Patriots fan who was at Gillette Stadium this past Sunday night died after the fight. And it was a scary thing because he took just two punches and people were thinking that that's what killed him. But after the investigation, uh, they said that it may not have been a result of a traumatic injury, but rather a medical issue. This is according to uh, uh, the people that are involved there in New Hampshire. This says, our investigation concluded that numerous law enforcement interviews and examination of multiple angles of the video can capturing the scuffle uh, with Mr. Dale Mooney and his collapse says, preliminary autopsy results did not suggest a traumatic injury, but did identify a medical issue. Cause and manner of death remain undetermined uh, pending further testing. So uh, for those who are thinking that is like just a guy punched a guy and then that's what caused him to die. According to the investigation, though, it's it has more to do with the medical issue at this point in time. It's still just a sca- crazy thing. This is why this fight's dumb anyways, but uh, it's a, that's a scary deal where you, you know, go to like a that. game and that's totally unexpected. Yeah, like it's who would have guessed that that would be the case. And I don't know. I just I see him and I laugh at him because it's like it's so dumb to me. But listen, you get you get get some liquor in you, get some drinks in you, and a little good courage. Somebody's talking trash about your team. You're talking trash about their team. And, you know, blows start to happen. But hey, and uh, it sometimes it's fans of the same team fighting. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's the one that always makes me laugh even more because I'm like, man, y'all are there for the same reason. Like, they're from the same page. Like, we want our team to win, but it's always over something like somebody being too loud or somebody standing up when everybody yep. else is sitting down and yep. trying to see the game. Yep. Someone taking somebody else's seat or, uh, you know, just somebody doing something dumb and then, you know, it comes to blows. But. Uh, you know, things like this is what's going to continue to ramp up security and trying to do whatever they can. But when there's a stadium fill of, I don't know how many people Gillette Stadium holds, probably, what, 65, 70,000 people, maybe even more. There's only so much you can do in trying to keep those people in check, but still. Uh, we'll have some other headlines to talk about as the show goes on, but we're up against the top of the hour update is coming up next. And then on the other side of the break, Pat Bradley will be joining us thanks to Motorsports Authority. It's all coming up next year on Out of Bounds, so stay with us. Your home for Dallas Cowboys football is 103.7 The Buzz. Presented by Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. America's team on your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz. If you've been married for a while and you want him to get you a bigger diamond, you got to come to Robert Irwin Jewelers. We'll take your old diamond and we'll put it in a beautiful diamond pendant for you for free and you could wear it around your neck forever. Robert Irwin Jewelers, now 